Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Al, are you ready for this week's episode? I am ready every week. Now, this is a very controversial topic. (gasps) Oh, no. Jam versus jelly. Oh, girl, I don't know. This is something we should be touching. We should be. I mean, I don't want to make everybody upset. I don't want to pick sides. We're going to be very, you know, non-biased in our um, sharing of knowledge. Got it. We are. We are. But it turns out what I thought was very controversial, not so much, because the first thing I Googled was, do Americans prefer jam or jelly? No conclusive evidence. Do, Do people prefer jam or jelly? No conclusive evidence. So... Not as controversial as one may think, but in my world, controversial. Why in your world? Because I am very much a jam gal. Really? Well, we've already covered Jello, and you know my texture issue with that. Okay, okay. And Jelly walks a fine line towards Jello. Okay. <laughs> for me, I wouldn't turn it down because a P- good PB and J, you know, can't be beat. But not my jam. Ha! Get it? Yes. (laughs) I thought I'd squeeze that in there somewhere. All right. So today's topic is jam versus jelly. But in actuality, just preserves, which uh, it weirdly comes back to pickles. I'm realizing now as I speak, I have done a lot of food topics. This is really... You have done a lot of food topics. Down a different rabbit hole. Anyway, before we dive in, do you have a preference between jelly or jam? Oh, neither. Yes, I was going to say, I don't believe that you like them. I will eat them like a peanut butter and jelly. Um, I will say I do like on a cracker with some brie, some pepper jelly. Yes. Love that. Have a good pepper jelly. So probably jelly only because of that. I do love jelly on a cheese plate, which we'll get to. But let's just talk about jelly and jam. So first, I'm going to give very simple descriptions. Then we're going to talk about the histories of preserves in general. Oh, great. Then we will do a full glossary of all things canned jelly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, we've got quite a journey to take you on. One that no one was expecting. Not me. Not you. All right, so jelly, simply, is a sweet, clear, semi-solid spread or preserve made from fruit juice and sugar boiled to a thick consistency. Okay. All right, jam is a sweet food made from fruit and sugar boiled to a thick consistency, often eaten as a spread on bread. Okay. I feel very similar. Not great in terms of the simple definitions, but we had to start somewhere. I also have included for you a bonus third definition. A preserve is a sweet food made with fruit, (laughs) preserved in sugar, such as jam or marmalade. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see it will be riveting. So fruit, sugar, boil it. Boiled to some sort of glob-like consistency. Got it. You'll get more when we go further, but we needed a brief introduction, and I couldn't go into the full glossary now, so really we're just building suspense. Oh, okay. But let's talk about how did jelly become jelly or jam? 
collectively, we're just speaking about preserves right now. Okay. So I'd like to give a shout out to my friends at freshway.co.uk. They had a absolutely fabulous article on the history of jelly and jam. It was really good. So I pulled some highlights to kind of walk us through the timeline. Okay. So jam making methods are linked to some of the earliest ways of preserving food, which dates back to the Stone Age around 2.6 million years ago. It was common that they would preserve using honey, which doesn't have a lot of moisture. And so that's what created kind of a jam. So that's the earliest reference we know of. Okay, that makes sense. The Greeks used this method as well, and they used syrups made of honey and sugar, and they were also used to preserve food, so that's after the Stone Ages. Then we move into the first written documentation of a jam-like consistency. It was in the Diri Consignera, which is the art of cooking. Sorry for butchering that. It's attributed to Marcus Gavis Apicius, believed to be a pseudonym. Um, And it dates from the 4th century AD of Rome. So the book contains over 500 recipes, many using Indian spices, as well as soft fruit heated with honey, Hmm. which was then cooled and stored. Okay. Okay. So that's our first reference. So our first written reference, I apologize. So the first recorded mention of sugar in England is from around 1099, and it was included as a new spice. But records from 1319 list sugar available in London for two shillings per pound. That's roughly $36 a pound today. Allie, I'm not going to make you guess. Whoa, that's expensive. Yes, right? But it grew in popularity because once they figured out that sugars could help store things, it became very popular across Europe, particularly amongst soldiers and sailors, because they could preserve, which you and I have talked about. It's all linked together, all linked together. Joan of Arc was actually said to have eaten quince jam for courage before battle, and sailors began to stockpile jam aboard their ship for long voyages around this time. Nice. Okay. So there's another name you may know that's a big fan of jam, Nostradamus. Oh, I recognize it. Yes. So he loved jam so much that he wrote his treatise on makeup and jam, which appeared in 1555. Although the manuscript dates to 1552, the book is based on knowledge gained by Nostradamus before he began studying for his medical doctorate. The cookbook contains recipes for cherry jam, quince jelly, and a pear preserve, as well as recipes to cure the plague and even attract love. Oh, wow. Just a whole slew of options there. A whole range of all of the things he's enjoyed. So the first marmalade is believed to have been invented in 1561 by the physician to Mary, Queen of Scots. Louis XIV of France reigned from 1643 until his death in 1715. He was said to be so fond of jam that he insisted it be brought out to finish every meal on an ornate silver dish. Love it. And then another man in history... Take him or leave him. In 1785, Napoleon offered an award to anyone who could find a way to preserve large quantities of foods for soldiers. We talked about this during our... It sounds so familiar. Pickle episode. Pickle episode. I was going to say, I knew I knew that. Yes. So, inventor Nicholas Appert was the winner. He discovered that boiling food at high temperatures and sealing it within an airtight container kept it safe. He's known as the father of canning, and his methods allowed for different types of food to be served, or 
I'm sorry, to be preserved safely. This was then built upon by Louis Pasteur. We've talked about him. Milk. Milk, who would go on to develop pasteurization. Oh, pasteurization. Yeah, milk. I just said that milk. Yes. Well, I was waiting for you to answer. I'm, I'm well, sorry. We're going for he a fill not, in the blank five. He did not invent milk. He did not invent milk. He invented, he invented pasteurization. Him. Yes. Thank you. So then we bring up Johnny Appleseed. Hmm. Or a gentleman named John Chapman, also known as Johnny Appleseed. He was a pioneer who helped bring jam to the U.S. He planted apple trees all the way through the Midwest during the 1800s in hopes that people would make their own cider and preserves. Then a gentleman named Jerome Monroe Smucker <gasps> from Ohio familiar. was one person who did so. He opened a cider mill in 1897 with the fruit from the trees that Chapman had planted. After a few years, he and his wife began to make apple butter, which she sold from a horse-drawn wagon. Hmm. Interesting, right? The Smucker name is, like, real. So interesting. Right? And in 1918, the American company Welch's began producing the first jam product, Grape Laid. The entire inventory was bought by the U.S. Army and shipped to the troops during the First World War, and soldiers demanded more of the product upon returning. In 1923, Welch's launched its Concord Grape Jelly, which is still available today. Wow. So now you know where Smucker's and Welch's started. That's crazy. How fun. So my last little bit of more quote-unquote modern history is that World War II led to a great anxiety about food shortages, but it was the members of the Women's Institute who came to the rescue. In 1940, they were given a grant of 1,400 euros to buy used sugar. This meant that the vast amount of fruit during this time could be preserved over longer periods of time to ensure that nothing went to waste. Between 1940 and 1945, over 5,300 tons of fruit was preserved and turned into 1,600 tons of jam. Wow. So that there is the history of jam and jelly. I love it. Right. All right. Now, I know what's really on your mind. This is all great history. But what is really the difference between jam and jelly? I mean, obviously. I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm going to tell you. So shout out here to my friends at foodandwine.com. What a delightful website. We're going to do the breakdown of the glossary of things. you got to hang with me because there's more than jam and jelly, but we are going to start with jam and jelly to keep things moving. Okay, fine. Jam is made from fruit. The end. (laughs) That's it. Done. (laughs) Jam is made from fruit, sugar, pectin, and acid, such as lemon juice or other fruit juice. Most often, the fruit used to make jam is chopped or crushed and then slowly cooked with sugar until it thickens. Jam is regulated by the FDA. It must contain, I'm sorry, it must come from a single fruit and contain at least 45% fruit and 55% sugar. Okay. So there may also be remnants of the seeds or other things because it's crushed and then slowly cooked. Whereas jelly, so while jam uses whole fruit, jelly calls for just fruit essence, so the juice. Okay. Jelly has no seeds or fruit pulp in it, which jam can have in it, and is completely smooth in texture. When jelly is made, the fruit is crushed to extract the juice, which is then strained to keep all the pulp and seeds out. The strained juice is boiled with sugar to release the natural pectin, and more is added if necessary. 
along with the acidity that we mentioned earlier. As with jam, jelly is regulated by the FDA. So if the product is labeled jelly, it contains fruit juice, and it must contain at least 65% sugar, which is why lower sugar products are often labeled as fruit spreads. Ah, okay, okay. Jelly is somewhat clear in nature with a firmer texture than most other fruit preserves or jams. Spoon from a jar, jelly will likely hold its shape until it is spread, where jam may not. Okay. So texturally, a little bit different, but also scientifically. Well, yeah. I mean, one's juice, one's actual fruit. I mean, they're both actual fruit, but, you know. I mean, well, yeah, they're both from actual fruit, but how they've been executed is different. Yeah. So that is the core base of what we're learning today. Got it. But there's more. Oh, lovely. Because I know, Allie, what you're asking yourself is, what is marmalade? Obviously. Obviously. I know. You're just so full of questions tonight. I'll answer that for you. Thank you. So marmalade is filled with pieces of citrus peel, which is suspended in jelly. Marmalade is sweet, sour, thick, and even a little bit chewy when you get a big piece of orange, lemon, or grapefruit rind. Unlike most fruit preserves, marmalade does not require added pectin as naturally occurring in the citrus rinds. Like jam, marmalade must contain 65% of soluble solids. So basically marmalade is citrus jam. Correct. Okay. Okay. Great question, Allie. What are conserves? We're moving right along. Oh, yeah. My next question, exactly. My next question. I didn't even know conserves was a thing. While jam must come from one type of fruit to have that legal designation, conserves can be made with an additional berry or stone fruit in the mix. So essentially jam with another fruit. It can also include pieces of nuts, coconut, or raisins, which can also be called conserves. Interesting. So it's, it's, a, it's a jam salad. It's a jam salad to some extent. Still spreadable. Well, I mean like, you know, like a fruit salad is more than one fruit. Sounds like a jam. Right. Okay. No. Right. You know what? Joke, joke did not land. That's on me. But, well, we're learning together through this. So you're right, Allie. Fruit butter was next on the list. So what do you think a fruit butter is? A fruit and butter. <laughs> kind of. Fruit butters are rich fruit spreads made by cooking pureed fruit pulp with sugar until the mixture thickens. It sounds familiar, does it, it not? It does. Fruit butters have a rich, almost roasted flavor and a dense texture. They are often made with apples and pears, which are high in protein. I'm sorry, which are high in pectin. So it's just thicker jelly? Yeah, it's kind of more grainy and and more of a butter texture. Okay, well, that makes me like it less because have butter. Have, right. Well, at that point, like mix it together and make like a super butter. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah. All right, we're on to our last two. I don't. Can you think of any more words? I mean, I have two more, so there are two more words, but I want to see if you can come up with one. More words. Jams, jelly, marmalade, fruit, butter. Hmm. No, I have no words. All right. You're right, Allie. Chutney. Chutney? I know (laughs) that word. I have no idea what it is. So what's funny is when I read this, the first thing that came to my mind was I think Chutney is the name of the daughter that actually killed the guy in Legally Blonde. I think you know what I'm talking about when she's on the stand and Ella's like, wouldn't you say for a person who's had mm, 30 
perms or whatever, yeah. Perms in their life, you would know not to activate the titanium glide something. I don't know. Now I'm butchering it, but Reese Witherspoon did that role justice. Yeah. Anyway, chutney are the most savory of the fruit preserves, containing less sugar than other preserves and often including spices and enough vinegar or other acid to make them tangy. For these reasons, chutneys are popular in Indian cooking. In other cuisines, fruit chutneys made with cranberries, pineapples, or apples are served with roast meats. Interesting. And you are correct. Her name was Chutney Wyndham. Chutney Wyndham, yes. The thyglonium thyglocalate. I know she says thyglocalate, but it's like ammonium thyglocalate. If only science Amy could tap into her vast rom-com knowledge here. <laughs> if we consider Legally Blonde a rom-com, but that's really not for today. Yeah, we don't need to get in that debate again. Okay, Allie, what is a compote? A fruit compote features whole fruit or large chunks of fruit, briefly cooked, often seasoned with spices like star anise, ginger, or cinnamon. I also recognize that word, but did not know technically what a compote was. I feel like you see that a lot in, like, fancy cooking shows. Like, I made a little compote. I agree. I don't know that I would have put compote in the same, but, I mean, food and wine did, so they are clearly experts. What about, I feel like a huge thing is missing from this, fruit jello. Like, the yeah, jello with did that the episode. chunks of fruit in it. Yes, well, we can't talk about that. It's not same. It's not the same. But it's sugar and fruit cooked together. It Well, you're right. You know what? Huge mistake on my part here. I'm just saying. Well, Allie, let's look at wrapping this episode up. So next up for me, we did a little bit of popular polls. What best flavors? What are the most top-ranked jellies? And then a couple of places that you can use them. And then I've just got a pop quiz of definitions for you. So we actually still have a lot to unpack, and I might have gotten ahead of myself. But what is your so favorite? Well, you never answered. Do you prefer jelly or jam? Oh, you said jam. Never jam, mind. You didn't. I did. But what no, is your jelly. favorite flavor of jam? So I'm a raspberry galley. Okay. Okay. I like raspberry. I find the tartness to be more my more my style. Okay. Even though I'm not a jam or jelly person, unless it's with brie and spicy. But at our house, we typically have strawberry jelly. Mm, that is, um, my husband's a big grape jelly guy. But I would, raspberry jelly is sometimes hard to come by. I'm sorry, jam, jam. Although I do think my husband prefers jelly, but it's neither here nor there. Um, I would still go for strawberry over grape. Oh, any day. But I'm not going to lie to you. There are very few jellies that I would turn. No, that's not true. I must stop. We now know the difference. There are very few jams that I would turn down because I love a PB&J. I mean, classic. My perfect Saturday lunch is fresh bread, with the perfect amount of peanut butter and the perfect amount of raspberry jam, and then the ruffle potato chips, that's perfection. When I was younger, it would have chocolate milk with it. Now it's probably like Diet Coke or a LaCroix. lovely for you, yes. Honestly, it's, my mouth is watering. <laughs> this is fine. Okay. So according to Statista, from 2011 to 2020, these are the most popular flavors in order. Number one, strawberry jam, which had 163 million people who enjoyed strawberry jam or preferred strawberry jam in 2020. All of these are from 2020. 
the numbers. Grape came in second with 123 million. Raspberry came in third with 49 million. Blackberry came in fourth with 39 million. Apricot came in fifth, shocking, at 34 million. Then blueberry with 27 million. Cherry with 18 million. And then the other category, which was combined, landed with 27 million. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I will say that my older child likes to go to their grandma's house because grandma usually has blackberry jam and it's like this huge novelty. That's uh, pretty fancy. I do like a blackberry jam. I don't know that I've ever had it, but I'm sure I'd like it if I tried it. It's not that I don't like it. It's just not my preference. Yeah, that's fair. Well, my last little statistic that I could share also from Statista was that in 2020, 148.85 million Americans consumed Smuckers, and that was the top consumed brand. I think that's what's in our fridge right now. I also have Smuckers in my fridge right now, and now we know where he's from. I just love that. All right, so according to the Food Network in 2022, there are a couple top-ranked grape jellies and jam, so we're talking collectively here. So I went through their articles so I could give you some recommendations because I thought it would be rude to leave an episode without some recommendations. But I will also say Food Network did a pretty thorough research job here. They ran three tests on all of their contenders, for lack of a better word. So they tested each jelly or jam when it was at room temperature, when it was cold, and then how it paired with peanut butter. So here is the Food Network's 2022 ranking of jellies and jams, grape specifically. Best overall, Welch's Natural Concord Grape Spread. Best organic option, Santa Cruz Organic Concord Grape Fruit Spread. Best with peanut butter, Boone Marmon Muscat Grape Jelly. I am saying that right, so good luck to you on that. Yes. Best grape preserves were the St. Dalfour French Grape Fruit Spread, and the best all-fruit variety was the Polliner All-Fruit Concord Grape Spreadable Fruit. I only knew two of these, but I actually thought it was pretty fun. That would be fun to be the one to get to do the research. Yeah, right? I would love to be like, your job today is testing jellies. No, actually, that's on Cerebolt. Jams, though. I'm not opposed to jelly. I will eat a jelly. I just prefer jam. It's fine. We'll allow it. Anyways, some top suggestions of what to do with jelly or jam before we get into our very quick pop quiz is here are the top-ranked food suggestions for use of jelly and jam. What do you think number one Peanut butter and jelly. Great. So peanut butter and jelly is the most famous jam-based product in the United States or the dish created with it. Other ideas that a lot of people rank highly. Use it in a smoothie. Hmm. Add it on a cracker with cream cheese. Okay. Add to cheesecake. Okay. Add between cake layers. Add it warmed to on top of ice cream. Mm, No, thanks. Add it on top of waffles. Okay, yes. Many people, which I thought was funny, said make it a gift, <laughs> which I guess if you make homemade jam, that's probably a nice gift. That would be nice, yes. But the second most popular place that people see jam or jelly is on a... Charcuterie board. Ta-da-da! Yes. And we all love a good charcuterie. Yes, we All right, so Allison, in this very controversial research, one of the things I typed into Google was the definition of jam. And there are lots of definitions of jam. So we're going to play a little bit of game where you try to guess 
all the other ways you can use the word jam. Oh, okay. So you can just start, and I'll tell you if it's on the list. Oh, jam. Like if you jam like your finger. Yeah. Um, jam is in like rock out, like I'm jamming. Yes. Um, monster jam. Well, yes, but that's not on the definition for the dictionary. You've got two. So I would say you've already you've already accounted for squeeze or pack tightly into specified space, which would be like jamming your finger. Um, and then we also have improvise with musicians. So this is also interesting because it is both a noun and a verb because you can jam out with someone like oh, action yes. or you can jam, like have a jam session, which yeah. is a noun. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Huh, other than jam things. Um, There's really only two more. Short for jamboree. <laughs> jamboree. You know what? That is on the list. No. The last two, which again is an instance of a machine seizing or becoming oh, stuck, is again a noun. It jams up like, like, like paper up. jam, which is like the literal bane of my existence. The paper jam, yes. And the last one is an awkward situation or predicament. Oh, like I've got myself in a jam. Ah, in a jam. Jam is used a yeah. lot. It is. And I was reading through them, and I was genuinely like, I do. I use the word jam a lot. So that is our brief history and overview on jam and jelly. Well, that was super fun. Thanks. Yes, I thought so too. Also, now you all know my preferences. Another thing to add to the food library of Amy. I will pick a non-food topic for the next few weeks, I promise. Anyway, thanks for letting us talk at you. Do with that what you will. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, or fun facts, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our website, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 